Hello everybody, hello, 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 welcome, 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 hello and welcome. I'm glad you could make it, I'm glad I could make it. I'm Dan, your friendly fishmonger at DansFish.com. We do this every Wednesday, usually at 7 p.m. Mountain Time, sometimes at 7.05 Mountain Time apparently, um, or 9 Eastern for those that are Mountain Challenge. Sorry, today uh, running just a tad late, haven't done that in a, a little while, but that's how it worked. I, couldn't get everything up in time today, but we're up and rolling now, so let's just get to it. So we have a shipping report for you, and uh, we have a giveaway for you. Actually, two giveaways. There's a surprise giveaway for tonight, which I will tell you about in a moment. Let's bring those up right now. Since I'm running late, I don't have a Nightbot all up and ready, so... Okay. Got one. Okay, there we go. So let's start with the shipping report. So we've improved our shipping report for the last 12 months by two hundredths of a percent. So that's that's pretty good. Now we're that's because uh, we had that big dip in January 30th, the infamous January 30th shipment where a plane got grounded and everything got left outside in minus 20 degree weather for 24 hours so um, that dropped us out quite a bit once that all shook out we were at um, is it 98% Jonathan yeah once that all shook out we ended up being at 98% that's how bad that hurt us again more losses in that one shipment than we had in the entire 12 months before that but we've improved a little bit we're now at 98.02% so we're getting a little better we did have a, a few losses this week. Um, a shipment to Hawaii got delayed by a day, which was a little bit odd, and, and a couple other things. But all in all, it hasn't been bad. Um, we're, we're pretty much back to normal, so so that's good. Um, so that's the shipping report. We improved by two hundredths of a percent. <laughs> and as long as we keep doing that, we'll be fine. So that means there were very few losses uh, this last week. Um, in order to make that improvement. It's hard to make massive improvements because we've shipped so many fish that no matter what we do, it's usually uh, incremental improvement, but we'll take it. We'll take two hundredths of a percent, gradually crawling back, clawing our way back to that 99% goal. We, Our goal is to have a 99% success rate. We want uh, less than 1% of problems when we ship fish to our customers. Right now we're almost at 2%, so we've got it's going to take several months to get back, even if everything goes perfect, just because, you know, that's how bell curves work. But anyway, um, that's the shipping report. The giveaway today is for some Java fern. Um, this is for a Wendelov Java fern. For those that don't know plants like me, <laughs> I don't know plants very well, but Java fern is one of the plants I can't kill. Java moss, Java fern, and water sprite are standbys that I've used for years and years and years. Uh, Java fern is a rhizome plant. It doesn't have like, it's not a root feeder and it's a fern. So it sprouts new plants by um, simply having them, I don't know, sprout off its leaves basically. Little baby plants will grow off the Java ferns uh, leaves, which is kind of cool. I think I'm spelling Wendelav wrong. So here it is. This is Wendelov Java Fern. 
Um, and it's got the uh, it's got the frilly ends on the leaves, which makes it kind of kind of interesting. Let's see here. Do we have a picture of ours that I could show you? That would probably be best. Huh. <laughs> well, we're going to have to actually go to the website. Is it Windelove? Yeah, there it is. So there's the uh, a picture of one of the plants. I don't know if it's the one we'll send you, but it's the, the same group of plants. It's got those frilly ends. Little, little... Uh, really fingers on the end, the window off. So that's what we'll be sending you. And then also, um, fishfam.link has donated a $50 gift certificate. So thank you to uh, fishfam.link for your generosity, providing a gift certificate for today's giveaway. And we'll be doing that one later. If you would like to enter to win the Java Fern, just hashtag Java, pretty easy, just like the coffee. Hashtag J-A-V-A, -A, no spaces, caps don't matter. Enter that in chat and you'll automatically be entered into a drawing, which we'll do a little later today, to see who the winner be. Um, oh, I gotta brighten this a bit. Just a second. There we go. That's a little better. I was feeling a little shadowy. A little shadowy. So, it's been busy here at Dan's Fish. Uh, started at 5.30 this morning, I think. It's now 7.10 my time, so I'm pretty tired. Uh, one of our folks, one of our crew members, is on vacation for a couple weeks. So uh, we're, uh, we're short a person. And Random Arms got stuck in a snowstorm this morning, so <laughs> finally made it. <laughs> but that's travel in Wyoming for you. <laughs> I, I hope... Uh, Pam, if you're watching, Punchy Paints, I hope you're doing well. I don't know if the storms reached Laramie or not, but uh, sure hammered us. One of those freak spring storms. Really wet, heavy snow, the kind that breaks trees. Um, but that ended uh, late last night, and the freeways got opened again uh, today. So Random Arms is back. But it's been a long, busy day since we're down someone. But we did get everything out on time, with time to spare, I might add. So that is a good day. Any day that we can get all the fish packed and ready to go and still have a little breathing time before we have to drive them up to UPS, that's what we call success around here. <laughs> Besides that, there hasn't been a whole lot going on because we've been prepping for next week. Next week, we have a ton going on. So next week we have a, a large import coming in. I'm very excited about it. I, I'm, I'll tell you all about it once the fish are ready to go. You know, pretty much all we've been doing besides packing fish and shipping fish is uh, figuring out, you know, doing the musical chairs thing. What does LRB call it? Musical fish. Uh, moving tanks around, emptying all the tanks we need for this new import. So that's pretty much what we're doing. So I won't have a lot of new fish to show you. I, I think I'll have one more set of a smaller set of new fish to show you before I leave if I can get it done in time I don't know though there's a lot of prep to do to prep for the uh, for the import but uh, once we I think we'll make up for it though when we list all the new fish from the import because it's gonna be pretty massive I'm very excited about it oh, fingers crossed it goes well it's always so it's a funny business there's so much out of your control and so you order and you cross your fingers and hope that the people on the other side do a good job and send you 
stuff and pack it correctly and all that. Now, this particular supplier is someone that I've used many, many times. I'm, I'm very confident in, in, in their ability to ship fish. But still, every time, especially when it's a big import and you have, I don't know the dollar value of this import off the top of my head, but it's, it's got to be around 100 grand. So you have that, that much in fish, in live fish, moving through the transportation system, getting to you, and it's just like, oh man, please, please, please. Now, it almost always goes right, but still, there's still that, uh, that anxiety. So I'm definitely feeling it. When you have that much money on the line, you definitely feel it. And that's why it's hard to... That's why I can't just add new suppliers on a whim, right? Um, I'll try one occasionally, and unfortunately, oftentimes when I do try a new supplier, it's kind of a bust. It's like, yep, they didn't do a good job, can't use them again. But it's really the only way to know for sure if you can use a supplier. You, you kind of have to get your feet in the water, you have to try them, and every time you try them, it's a lot of money because to import fish is an expensive proposition. It's, it's volume-based. And once you pay for the volume of fish plus the transportation and all that, um, it's pricey. So anytime you try a new supplier, it's pricey and you're definitely rolling the dice. And I know when I do it that more than half the time the dice are not gonna not gonna go my way. You know, you always hope they do, but just based on experience, it's a little sketchy. So we do have some new suppliers that I really wanna try, but you know, we're a little startup. We can't lose a lot of cash right now. It's, it's kind of rough. I calculated it the other day, and it's any, every, every dollar we lose, we have to sell a lot in fish to make up that dollar, right? So it, it hurts any time that happens. So we have to be really careful with, with our spending. But anyway, got a big import coming next week that I'm excited about. And we've basically just been clearing tanks, moving tanks, cleaning tanks, figuring out the Jenga game of the Tetris game of how to make all that work. The good news is we've had a couple weeks to do it. So it's not like, oh, it's coming tomorrow. Oh, shoot, we're not ready at all. We have to stay up all night. Like, it's not one of those situations. But it definitely does keep us on our toes. So that's kind of what's going on around here. I'm happy to say that after several weeks of running it, the new equipment we put in, the alterations we made to our, our water system are working beautifully. And the fish are doing great, they're getting fresh water, and we aren't having the dissolved gas issues that we were having, uh, basically gas bubble disease in the fish, giving the fish the bends that we were having before. So it looks like we found a solution. There's still a couple improvements we want to make to it, just to make it a little more automated, a little easier to maintain, uh, and things like that. But, but it's working, so that's, that's excellent. And that was kind of a make-or-break thing, I would say, because for a long time, I want to say since October, we haven't been able to run the system at the full capacity we want, because if we put too much fresh water in the system, uh, we would have uh, dissolved gas issues with the fish. And so that meant we couldn't keep as many species, and that meant uh, we couldn't change the water as much as would be ideal. And when you can't do that, you can't put as many fish in a tank. And so there's all these uh, things 
around that issue that affected the business's bottom line. It's been really nice since we got that fixed in, I think early January is when it finally got set and we were able to kind of inventory up, if you will, work it closer to our capacity, January and February, that uh, it's nice to see that, okay, we do that, sales increase because we have more to sell and we're getting to the point where we're gonna have a sustainable business. So, so that's pretty awesome. We still have growing to do, there's still improvement that we, not improvement, there's still, uh, we're a startup, there's still scaling that has to happen. Uh, we still have to grow to make this all sustainable, but um, based on the last January and so far in February, the trend is correct. So that's very encouraging. Uh, that that stinking dissolved gas issue really uh, was holding us back for quite a while. It was very frustrating. <laughs> and it's so weird because you, th I mean, It's like, by now you would think COVID isn't still affecting supply chains. By now it would seem like, okay, we've got this thing figured out a little bit and we know how to operate. But it's not true. Like the pieces of equipment we needed to make the dissolved gas issue go away, they took forever to obtain. Just the supply chains, the supply lines are still delayed. And I, I hate to use the word COVID because at this point it feels cliche a little bit. It feels like an excuse. It feels like something that people say when something's not done on time just because it's a convenient thing to say. Um, and by the way, I'm not being political here. I, I'm not going on one side or the other. I'm not getting political. I'm just saying that it's definitely still affecting supply lines for equipment and things that we needed to get, to get this done. So it took months. It was so frustrating. But now it's going and it looks like it's working very nicely and we see a huge difference in the fish we see a difference in, in their behavior and their color and the pep in their step so we're really happy with the result so anyway that's what's going on here that's kind of what's on my mind uh what's just the main thing is that import and in the fact that i'm gonna have to drive in a snowstorm to pick it up so <laughs> we've got this old beat-up cargo van that we affectionately call marv marv gets the job done but Marv ain't pretty, and Marv ain't comfortable. <laughs> so um, I looked at the weather, and yep, right when I have to drive to Denver next week to pick up the the uh, the fish, snowstorm. It's going to be snowy, and I think it's going to be, what's the, the low is like negative one, and the high is a few degrees above that. It's like, of course, of course. See, We've decided that it's our duty here at Dan's Fish to keep Wyoming um, with enough precipitation. So anytime we order fish or anytime we try to do anything that requires travel, it decides it needs to precipitate and we get a bunch of snow. So we're just taking one for the team. We're like, hey, Wyoming, we've got you. We know there's been a drought. We're going to order more fish so that you can get some more snow. <laughs> That's what it seems like. <laughs> Random Arms and I were joking about that earlier today. It seems like every time we order fish, it's going to snow. Yep, for sure. <laughs> anyway, um, I want to find out what's going on with all yous. But before I do, I want to thank my moderators for being here, doing what they do. And I, I know I thank them every week and I use a lot of the same language and terms when I do that. It's just because by the end of a Wednesday, like my creativity is, uh, it's not shot, but I'm tired. 
like Wednesday's our Friday. Wednesday's the last shipping day of a week. And so that's kind of like our Friday. Not that we take Thursday off, but that's like that, 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 that all the work. Uh, and then it's like that's the peak of our week as far as workload goes. And from there, it kind of tapers down uh, the rest of the week because we aren't shipping until went until Monday of the following week. So um, it's kind of our Friday, but it just means Wednesday nights I'm, I'm really tired. However, I walked this date and time in for live streaming years ago. And it doesn't make sense to change it now. So you're going to get the, the uh, s- tired, slightly dumber, but less filter. So maybe a little more punchy, maybe a little uh, <laughs> more entertaining Dan than you would get most days on a Wednesday. But anyway, I, I think my moderators every week, I use a lot of the same language when I do it. And I don't want to ever make it. When I do that, I worry that it like seems trite. But I don't know what other words to use. So just please know, moderators, that I mean it when I say thank you. I'm, I'm very grateful for what you do. And I see Steenfot Aquatics here. Hey, Steenfot. Good to see you, Bob. Hope you're doing well. That reminds me, I have an announcement. Before we get to your questions and comments, I do need to say this. The announcement is we are now shipping to Canada. That's right. We've uh, we figured it out. We've built the system on our back end to handle it. And we are now shipping to Canada. So... All you Canucks out there, you can you can feel the love too. So if you're Canadian and you'd like to buy from us, and the reason we're doing this is because we constantly get asked if we would ship to Canada, and we finally were like, we'll figure it out. We did. It's taken you know, a couple months to get it all ironed out, but we think we're ready to go. So, um, in fact, I think there's. Let's see here. Yeah, it's official. Now shipping to Canada. Please see our fact for details. So the one thing about shipping to Canada is there's some locations we can't ship to. If you're in a very rural location, um, we probably can't ship to you. If you're in a city, it's probably not a problem. And the reason is that if we can't ship it next day, if, if UPS doesn't provide next day service to where you're at in Canada, then it's a three-day service. And that's just too long for the fish in this weather um, to be in transit. So the way you'll know that if you're Canadian and you create an account at dancefish.com is when you create your account, you put in your shipping address and stuff when you sign up. If that shipping address does not get next day service from UPS, if UPS doesn't provide the the necessary service to your area, you'll get a notice. Something will pop up on the screen that says, we're sorry, but we actually can't ship to you because UPS doesn't provide the necessary service in your area. Um, So you'll know that up front when you first create your account. So just just be aware of that. And at checkout, let's say that you're buying them for, for a friend and your friend lives somewhere where that service is not provided. Um, it'll tell you at checkout as well. So when you first sign up for an account and you put in your shipping address, <laughs> I just uh, flicked the keyboard accidentally. It'll tell you if you don't get the service in your, if the service is not provided to your area, you'll get a pop-up that tells you that. So you'll know up front. Or if it is provided in your area, but you're shipping it somewhere else and you put that in as the shipping address at checkout, you'll get a pop-up that lets you know as well. So we're trying to let you know up front so you don't go through all the trouble of creating an order and 
dreaming of the fish and putting them in your cart and going to checkout and then find out that we can't send to you. We're trying to do that up front. But most of the population we can send to, most of the folks in Canada, we can send you fish. It's just uh, there are some areas that are rural enough that UPS doesn't provide necessary service. So that's Canada for you. And uh, I'm excited. Folks have been asking for literally years if we would ship to them. And I always feel bad when I say no, but shipping internationally is a whole thing. There's requirements and there's uh, procedures you have to follow. And then for us, we don't do anything unless it's automated. So we had to, Random Arms had to build, add to the code base and the database and everything and build the back end so that, so that it could, so we could handle it. We're, uh, we're a lean, mean team. We don't have extra manpower to do things that aren't automated. So that's all done now. And cheers to the Canadians. I'm, I'm glad we can finally, uh, Send you some fish. I'm excited. We can't send you plants. It's odd, but it's harder to send plants than it is fish. We can send you uh, fish, shrimp, inverts, that kind of thing. Animals. We can send you aquatic animals. So, yeah, hopefully that makes some Canadians happy. Some folks that have been waiting and have been disappointed in the past. Hopefully that's a pleasant surprise. Now with that, we are gonna to get to your questions and comments. I am going to, my chat has not been moving at all. Okay, there it goes. I think, okay, there it goes, fixed it. So let's scroll up and see the first question or comment I can see. Jeff Kane, Jeff, thank you. That is amazingly helpful. Jeff Kane has gifted 20 DanceFish memberships and I see a whole bunch of people here that were the beneficiaries of that. Jeff, that's one of the most supportive things a person can do for our channel. Thank you so much. It really helps because when people are gifted memberships, a percentage of them are going to renew, which will end up in you know recurring revenue every month for our, our company, which is super helpful. So not everyone will, will renew, of course, but enough will that it does truly make a difference. So Jeff, thank you so much. I really appreciate that. That is very impactful for our company. Leo 209 Aquatics. Hey, Leo, I hope you're doing well. So the spotted Congo puffer decided he loves hunting baby ram's horn snails. So the good thing is I got a lot of baby ones. I can keep breeding the adults. Yes, that's awesome. So, so yeah, Congo spotted puffers and small puffers in general, Amazon puffers are in the same boat. Um, they can eat baby snails just fine. If you try to feed them big ones though, you kind of have to crush the snails, the shells first. And the reason is on the bigger s snails, in my experience at least, they can kill the snail, but they can't get it out of the shell. So like they'll, they'll get the, the snail will come out and they'll nip it and the snail will go back in. And then the snail will come out later and they'll nip it and the snail will go back in. And after a few times, the snail's dead but it's mostly in the shell. So they'll eat what they can, but they can't get in there far enough to eat the rest. And their beaks aren't strong enough yet, or, or they don't know how maybe to, um, to crack those large shells to get at the rest. I don't know if they can't do it or they don't know to do it, but they don't do it. And what ends up happening is that dead snail just rots in your tank. And snails, pretty compact protein and fat. It's, uh, there's a lot of, latent energy in a decaying snail corpse 
And so you can get a lot of ammonia. If you put a lot of snails in and they're too big to eat, you can foul up the tank pretty quickly. So babies, yeah, they can eat baby snails all day long. Larger snails, though, I would caution you on, uh, on or I would recommend, I suppose, uh, crushing the shells before you feed them so you don't get a bunch of decaying stuff in your aquarium. But that's awesome. I'm glad to hear he's doing that. I'm guessing he's doing great. I did see a picture that uh, of him that you posted on the Steen Fought Aquatics Facebook group, I believe it was. And uh, it was good to see him in his new home. So looks like he's got a great place to live. Uh, I hope you enjoy him for many years, Leo. Chris Resker, you're awesome, Dan. Less than three? <laughs> I know that means something, the less sign three, less than three sign, but I'm not quite sure it is what it is. But it must be good because you say you're awesome, Dan, so thanks, Chris. <laughs> I'm old enough that... Uh, that the emojis and the text speak and all that, I, you know you're getting old when modern communication methods confuse you. <laughs> it happened. I'm confused. <laughs> anyway, Chris, thanks so much, and thanks for being a, a member for the last three months. I appreciate it. Dragon Lair. Dan, wait, uh, waiting your weather to moderate. I have a couple gallons of Java Moss to send you. Oh, Dragon Lair, you're my new favorite person. I can use all the Java Moss you have. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, thank you. Kelly Foreman, way to get fish to those ho hosers in Canada, eh? <laughs> Maple Leaf, California? I, I'm kidding. Canada? Love cat. <laughs> Kelly, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Here's to the hosers. <laughs> Hopefully hosers not too offensive in, in Canada. I know in the United States we use it, uh, you know, as a complimentary pejorative, <laughs> a benign pejorative. <laughs> Hopefully it's not like really bad in Canada, but uh, here's to the hosers. Thanks everyone for the super chats. Always appreciated, never required. But it does make my wife super happy when money falls out of the computer screen and lands on our lap. It's very appreciated. Jacob Metzer, most of the fish for sale at my LFS were sick. Can you discuss the responsibility of an LFS in the hobbyist in regard to quarantine and treatment? Will we ever see a wholesaler like you? Um, so, the entire reason we started Dan's Fish, the company, is because we believe that the industry does have a responsibility to get healthy, happy fish to the customer. Um, even if we didn't have an ethical or moral responsibility to do so, which I, I think we do, we would have a financial incentive to do so. What's been happening since the inception of the aquarium fish industry is this. The supply chain's brutal on fish. They get to the and consumer and they're usually so stressed their immune system's compromised right or they're sometimes outright diseased not always but a lot of times this is the case someone decides they want a fish tank in their house they want an aquarium they went to a friend's house saw a beautiful aquarium or they just love the ocean or whatever they want to relax and meditate whatever it is so they, they get an aquarium they buy those fish that are stressed out they put them in their tank of course those fish are not going to live, especially if you're a new fish keeper and just don't know how to handle stressed fish. 
So what this industry has been doing for decades is, I call it a snake eating its own tail. It's, call, it's, it's what we call churn in, I don't know, in tech speak, in startup culture. So churn is when you get a new customer, but after a little while they go away. You turn them over, right? They don't stick with you. They're not what we call sticky in startup terms. So you have a new aquarist, right? Someone buys fish, but they churn because the fish die. They don't have a good experience. Maybe they try, you know, they, if once is bad enough, they're probably done. Maybe they try twice. If it happens again, they're done. So what I kept hearing, I've been keeping fish for nigh on 30 years, maybe 30 years by now. Yeah, 30 years, more than 30 years at this point. And all throughout that whole time, I, I would hear a familiar refrain, which is, oh yeah, I used to keep fish once, but they all died, so I quit. Something along those lines. Imagine what would happen if they hadn't died and all those people that tried keeping aquariums hadn't quit. Now, some would because life gets busy or there's a new shiny hobby over here they want to try or they move or whatever, but a good portion of them would have kept fish keeping throughout their lives. It's just like gardening or any other thing that people enjoy doing, right? If you're a gardener, you keep gardening until you die. If you're someone that really loves fish, you keep you keep fish till you die, right? So I don't understand a business model which almost guarantees that a large percentage of people that try aquarium keeping are gonna fail and quit. One of the biggest reasons they fail is because they're sold unhealthy fish or fish which are so stressed that they're um, not gonna recover and will become ill. So. That's what I see as being the responsibility of whoever sells to anyone down the supply chain. I think it's the responsibility of the collector or breeder to the amalgamator or jobber down to the exporter, the importer, the transshipper, the wholesaler, the retailer, all that. I think every step on the chain has a responsibility to care for the fish properly and send them along healthy and hearty and fat and sassy. I just think that's our responsibility. However, it doesn't happen. Um, what, what ends up happening now is at each step on the chain, they're moved along as quickly as they can so they don't die on your step of the chain so you don't have to take the financial loss. As long as they get to the next step and they're still breathing, whew, you're okay, right? You didn't you didn't lose your money. But that's a horrible way to operate. If every step on the chain took care of the fish properly, then the end consumer would have good success and the industry would be a billion times bigger than it is now. I don't know the actual figure, but many times larger than it is now. So I can't fix every part of the supply chain, but I can fix what happens at the retail side. That's, that's my position, I'm the retailer. I sell to the end consumer. So I decided I would be the place that gets fish to people in a condition that they'll thrive for that person so that person will stay in the aquarium hobby because 
that will grow the hobby, that will grow the industry, that will grow my business. And just because I, I'm a hobbyist and I think it's the right thing to do and it's what makes me happy, it's what motivates me. Doing a good job motivates me. Seeing people be successful motivates me. Seeing fish happy and healthy when they get to the end consumer's house, like Leo's puffer, that motivates me. So I can stop that vicious cycle. I can keep the snake from eating its tail if I send you fish that are not going to die on you because you'll have success and that will motivate you, the end consumer, to stay in the hobby and over the course of your lifetime, I mean, a customer that stays in the hobby for a lifetime is much more valuable to an industry and a business than one that just buys once and then goes away, right? You know, those sticky, sticky customers are what you want if you're a, a business. So, yes, I think there's a, a moral responsibility and all that, but I think it also just makes financial sense to do it that way. Now, it's, it's a slow burn, it's the kind of thing that grows over time. It's not the, the, the quick flip, the quick cash grab. But if you have long-term thinking, I think it, it's the only way that makes sense. So I understand, though, that lots of LFS, and I'm not throwing shade at LFS. LFS. I, I love local fish stores. I think they're important. I think when you need black worms, where are you going to go? When you need medicine in a pinch, it's nice to be able to go get it right now. Although medicine's harder to get now, it's more and more scarce as it gets more regulated and all that. But anyway, there's stuff that a local fish store can supply for you that you might need in a pinch, and it's nice to not have to wait for something to arrive in the mail, right? They also get a lot of hobbyists started. You walk in, you get exposed to fish, that's, that's how it starts. So I think they're very important. However, most of them, when they were first constructed or established, were, were constructed in such a way that they don't have the time or the, not the time, they don't have the, the physical space to quarantine fish long term. Um, they might hold them for a day before they sell them. Usually, though, the fish come in and they're ready immediately. That's, that's uh, let's be honest, that's usually what the model is. So. They don't have the space to quarantine properly. Now, some do, and if they do, uh, support the heck out of those guys. Um, they have sacrificed space they could be making quicker money on to try to do something that might not allow them to get enough quick revenue, but that, that supports the industry and the hobby and you as an end consumer. So support those people like crazy. There are some out there. But in general, the, the business plan they have and the space they operate in does not allow them to um, do a, a true quarantine. And so they're the penultimate step in this kind of brutal supply chain. And if they can't do that for the fish, then it lands on the end consumer to do it, unfortunately. Not because it should. Every step in the chain should take responsibility and in, in, in treat fish or any living thing as a living thing that deserves respect instead of as a commodity, right? That's, that's what should happen. But when it doesn't, then unfortunately by default, it lands on the end consumer. And so I would say as an end consumer, we have 
as much responsibility as any other step in the supply chain to do right by the fish, to let them recover, to um, have an environment set up and waiting for them that's steady and stable so that when they come in stress, they're not going to experience big parameter shifts to, um, to do all those things that will help a, a fish recover. So that takes some forethought. That takes some advanced planning. That takes research to understand what the fish's needs are. Um, and this is why I, I don't do a lot of sales because I don't want to put something on sale. First of all, I can't afford to. We, we only mark, I know we're expensive, but doing things the way we do is very expensive. And um, we only mark the fish up as much as we need to to not go out of business. In fact, we really should mark them up more. But we can't. The market just won't support it. <laughs> but, oh, it would be nice if we could. Not because I want to drive a Mercedes-Benz. I, I drive a, like, old, beat-up 1998 GMC Sierra. Like, material things have never been it for me. But just because it would be so nice to have a little extra margin to help the business be profitable and have financial security. Um, but anyway, that's, that's beside the point. Why did I get on that point? Hang on. Tired. Wednesday evening. Um, I don't remember. I don't remember how I got on that point. Okay, so anyway, I think the end consumer has the responsibility. Oh, so that's why I don't do sales because I don't want to put something on sale and have people feel pressured to buy it. FOMO, right? The fear of missing out. Because the sale's going to end Thursday and, oh man, I wanted that fish forever and finally it's on sale. I can afford it but you don't have the proper aquarium set up for it. And we all know it takes time to set up an aquarium properly. It takes time to um, have a stable environment where the parameters aren't gonna shift. You don't have danger of ammonia spikes, you know, all that stuff, and do right by the fish. And so the sale just uh, is the antithesis of what I'm trying to do. <laughs> I don't wanna incentivize people to make purchases when they're not ready to do them. I guess is the, the easiest way to say it. So. Yeah, you have a responsibility as a hobbyist, though, to, to not give in to FOMO, to have something prepared and ready and do right by the fish as much as every other step in the supply chain has to do right by the fish. Um, will we ever see a wholesaler like you? I don't think so. And the reason I don't think so is because of the cost of doing it the way we do it. I don't think there's enough margin for a wholesaler not in the current supply system for a wholesaler to um, do it the way we do it and still be able to sell them enough money that they can make a profit and the retailer can turn them around and also make a profit. Now, can it happen? Yes. What would have to happen in that case is the industry would have to shift to where everything was more expensive if every step of the industry did things in a way that was best for the fish, fish would be a lot more expensive because it takes time and time is money in business. It takes space. That's money in business. And it takes money and it takes effort. You know, you have people that have to do the work that you have to pay. So there's all these things that make it more expensive. If that happened, then fish would be a lot more expensive. Can it happen? Yes but it's not something that's gonna happen anytime soon. It would take a change in the industry and that would 
be something that that's gradual and, and has to kind of happen organically. I don't think that's something that there would have to be some kind of consensus that was reached organically for that to happen. But that is our mission um, at Dance Fish. What our mission is is to change the narrative in the aquarium industry and hobby um, industry specifically. From I used to keep fish, but they all died. To yes, I love my fish. You know, from people experiencing fish that aren't healthy and die, and so they give up. To people experiencing fish that do well for them and continuing in the hobby. That's our entire mission. If we do that well enough, and we grow large enough, then we'll have enough impact on the hobby that other folks will have to follow suit, or they'll go out of business. So that's our whole game plan do a good job, get big enough, not because we want to be monsters, like, monsters, that's a weird word, <laughs> tired brain, not because we are like, we want to be the biggest, you know, I, that's not the thing that drives us, but if we don't grow to a certain size, then we won't have enough impact on the industry to make it so that other folks in the industry also have an incentive to do that right so that's 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 my thoughts on your question Jacob I think about this a lot I know I ran with that one for a while I know I, I went on a, a rant there but it's because this is the thing I'm passionate about this is the thing everyone that works here at Dance Fish is passionate passionate about we have a very clear mission and we work hard for it every day and ain't nobody getting rich over here. Everyone's working hard because of the mission, because we want to create a change. We want people to be successful and we want fish to be treated correctly. So to do that, we have to educate people. That's why we do this every week and have a YouTube channel so that folks know how to take care of fish. And we're not the only ones. There's a whole bunch of YouTubers out there, FishTube we call it, or FishFam or whatever. People giving good information on YouTube and other places. Um, but we want to do our bit to educate people on how to care for fish and then the other thing that we can do that most folks can't is the part where we do whatever is necessary to get them healthy fish. And as of now, that happens 98.02% of the time that people are successful with our fish. Now, <laughs> before the infamous January 30th shipment, it was, you know, more like 1% had an issue. Uh, but that was a that was a whew, that was a hefty one. So anyway, Jacob, that's my thoughts on that. And yeah, sorry, but anyone that asks me a question like that, you're liable to get the Dan rant. Just because I thought about this, I think about this every day. We think about this as a team. I thought about this for years before I founded this business. Um, it's our entire thing. So so we can talk about it because we're steeped in it. It's all we think about all day. Orange Cones, can you sell Farawella Vitata? Yes, and I want to. Um, I'll, be, I'll be contacting you about that. Howdy, partner. Swordtails arrived healthy and fast, thanks. Oh, you're welcome. And thank you for letting us know. I'm glad that happened. And it almost always happens, but I do want to acknowledge statistics are what they are. There's a bell curve to everything. And for anyone whose fish didn't arrive in good shape or had an issue or whatever, I just want to tell you we're sorry. Um, we'll take care of you. I'm sure if that's happened, Johnny's already taken care of you. And we'll 
we'll try to never make that happen again. But one to two percent of the time, as of the last 12 months, it's going to happen, and we don't have complete control over that. But I'm glad yours did well. Howdy, partner. Jacob Metzer, I just watched the Building Dance Fish series. Will there be? Will tired and trying to talk fast. <laughs> Will there be a new video out detailing those recent improvements? I'm invested now. I'm, I'm glad you like the series. And um, maybe I might do another video on that. The, the issue is if you look at the views on those videos, like I'm glad you liked them. I like them, but most people don't watch those. And right now for, okay, so for us to thrive as a business, we have to reach new customers period. Once we do that, we're good because customers experience um, buying from our company and they're very sticky. If you buy from us once, you're going to come back. You're going to keep buying. So our job is to get new customers. Once we do, we know we'll keep them. So what I have to do right now to strategize, because I have to grow, uh, more people need to hear about us so that we eventually end up with more new customers so that we can grow to the point where a sustainable business. Um, so I'm focusing on trying to create content that will get new people in to uh, dance fish, to let them know about us, to uh, you know hopefully convert them into their first sale so they experience that difference and, and want to come back. And so I have to be really careful now about, well I've always had to be careful about it, but trying to do things that reach more people just because we have to get to the point where we're a sustainable business and that's one of the main ways we get there. So I'm, I'm being a little strategic now. Eventually we'll get to the point where that particular box is checked off the list and I can go back to stuff that, uh, that maybe isn't as popular but that I, that I really like, stuff that I want to nerd out about and that you want to nerd out about, <laughs> Jacob. But I'm glad you liked those videos. Ariel C. Hi, I have a 10-gallon quarantine tank. Want to get Congo Tetras and Dwarf Rainbow Fish for my 80-gallon. How many can I quarantine in the 10-gallon? It's... Man, I, I always feel like... This is not a cop-out, I promise, but it totally depends on how the quarantine tank is set up. If this is a bare hospital tank with no filtration that is just a bare bones tank with water and an air stone, hopefully a lid, <laughs> then I would say in a 10 gallon, I'm imagining small Congo Tetras, let's say they're an inch, inch and a half, not like big three, four inches. In a case like that, I would maybe do six in there. I would change the water once to twice a day. I'd keep a sharp eye on parameters, but if it's a true kind of like hospital or quarantine tank and it's bare bones, I wouldn't get many in there. I would not feed them while they were in there. And I wouldn't get many in there, yeah. Now, the reason often quarantine tanks are set up like that is because if you have to use antibiotics, you can't have a bioactive system because the antibiotics will kill all the bacteria that is at the base of that system and you'll have a big problem. But if it's not that, if it's not a bare bones quarantine slash hospital tank, if it's an established tank and it's got an established filtration system and you have all the nitrifying stability you need because you have a healthy nitrifying bacteria population in there, 
Then, uh, so you're in a 10 gallon, thinking one, one and a half inch Congo Tetris. I might, I might do 10 or so, something like that, 10 to 12. If it's well established, I'd probably only feed them every other day. Uh, when they first arrived, I'd give them a little time to kind of settle in and just make sure they're healthy. And then after a week or so, I'd probably move them to something. Uh, well, unless the 80 gallon has other fish in it, I'd give them a two full weeks separate. Um, before I moved in with other fish. But where I was going with that is after, okay. So let's say you have, here's, if you watch old videos, you'll see that what I used to do is for the first week, I would treat with antibiotics. And since I was treating with antibiotics, I, it was a bare bones hospital tank. Changed the water a lot, I wouldn't feed, and I'd keep a sharp eye on parameters to make sure there weren't any ammonia issues or anything like that. Since you're not feeding, you don't have a lot of ammonia risk. Change the water every day or two. Actually, it was on a uh, an automated change system, so it actually got the water change done automatically by the time I was kind of at the zenith of that system. Then after that first week, I'd move them to an established tank that had a biofilter and all that, but Usually they were on their own. I didn't put them in with other fish. Occasionally I might if I was really short on space, but ideally I wouldn't. And then I'd treat for parasites for a week or so, and then I would list them for sale. So uh, two full weeks without going in with other fish is, is my recommendation. Usually within two weeks, if the fish has something, and not always, there's stuff that can lay dormant for a long time, but usually within two weeks, the fish have recovered and uh, you'll see if there's an issue and you'll know not to combine them with other fish at that point. So that's, that's my thoughts about that. It just depends on how the system's set up and what kind of bio load it can handle. All right, Leo209 Aquatics, two part question. How many snails should I be feeding him a day or every other day? Second question, what is the best algae scrubber? I think the best algae scrubber is probably scuds, but you're probably talking about like a like something to scrub algae off the glass with. We just use scrubby pads, like blue kitchen scrubby pads. Make sure they don't have any detergent in them or or any like mold prohibiting chemicals in them or whatever. But you're just scotch scrubby pads, the the blue ones or the green ones, but the blue ones are a little less scratchy. Uh, that's just like a plastic mesh. So we use that. I also use like a paint scraper, like a four inch razor blade on a handle. It's used to mint. You can find it like paint. It's used to mint. It's meant to be used to scrape paint off, but uh, I use that as well on certain really hard algaes, like that little green spot algae that gets on the glass and is like almost feels rough, stuff like that. Or if you get mineral buildup on the glass or something, uh, then a razor blade's really helpful. And having it in that little thing with the handle makes it a lot safer and easier to use. So that's what I would talk, uh, that's what I'd suggest for an algae scrubber. Mega Mindy Lou, hey Mega Mindy Lou, I hope you're doing well. Nice to hear from you. Oh, and you're a member of the crew now. Welcome, welcome to the Fishmonger crew. And Metalfish is also a new member. Hey, thanks Metalfish, thanks for joining up. I really appreciate you joining the crew. Scrolling. I wonder how far behind I am in the chat. Would someone say uh, it is now 756 or, or whatever it is? 
your time and let me know what time zone you're in. So when I get to it, I, I just know how far behind I am. I'm guessing 20 minutes, that's my guess. Robert Whitaker received an ornate tenopoma and a Congo puffer from you a couple weeks ago. Both are still very happy and healthy, thank you. Hey, you're welcome. Man, aren't those tenopoma, I, I hope they colored up for you. It, it takes them a little while sometimes to settle in and color up, but when those tenopoma fire, we're talking about microtenopoma and sorgii, the ornate tenopoma, that's a pretty fish. I'm glad to hear that, Robert. I'm glad they're doing well. Almost always it does that. Every now and then it doesn't, though. Full metal jacket? <laughs> the steak handler pair I got from you guys a few weeks back have had offspring, offspring and very healthy. Awesome. I'm glad to hear that. I, usually that's the way it goes. And you've got babies already? I think the steak handlers are the easiest endler slash guppy I've ever bred. No, those and the um, full black charcoals that I have right now. They breed up a storm. Those endlers, I can keep them in a bear tank. They have babies, they don't eat them. You still get tons of production. I purposely kept them at one point in a tank with no decorations. It just had a sponge filter in it because I didn't want a population boom. Guess what? Got a population boom. They did not eat their babies. So that steak endler strain, very prolific and uh, in my experience, they don't snack on the baby, so you get tons. Black Powder Aquatics, any plans to ship to Australia? I see the smiley emoji, so I, I know that's a joke. Yeah, I wish. It, it literally wouldn't make financial sense for Australians to do that. Like, I could ship to you, but I'd have to charge you so much because of all the export fees and the paperwork and regulations and things, not to mention that, that uh, costly little airplane trip to Australia. I'd have to charge so much that it would just be ridiculous. So I wish I could. Howdy partner, Sword Tails arrived healthy and fast. Thanks again. Hey, you're welcome. And I think I read that already. I'll read it twice. It's a good one. <laughs> Orange Cones, I keep hearing the hair music when I see your face. Yeah. So Orange Cones and I have a private joke. Uh, we were talking about her farawellas earlier and somehow the musical hair came into it and because of the age of Aquarius or something like that. I don't remember, but yes, indeed. Long, beautiful hair. Robert Whitaker, do you plan to make a video of, I can't even say it, Adopokylis species Congo River? I've tried a couple times. The problem is it's hard to get good video of that fish because it's in the, it's, it's you know, it's, it's in a cave the whole time. And uh, I did get a video once early on. Oh, which one was it? I don't know which one it was. One of the tours I did. Did I do a Congo fish tour? Maybe that's the one it was in. If any of the moderators know which of those, uh, it wasn't a live stream, it was like a, a new fish tour kind of show the new fish videos. If any of you know which one that was that I, I showed that fish in, would you uh, link it down below for Robert? There is once when I got good video of it, but uh, yeah, it's pretty, uh, pretty hard. <laughs> Again, I'm scrolling because chat jumped here. Let me scroll back up. 
This is what happens when you're 20 minutes or nigh unto it behind in chat. YouTube tries to force you to be current. I will resist. <laughs> in fact, before I get to Leo 209 Aquatics, actually, I'll do that one real quick and then I'll get to the drawing. We'll do the giveaway next. We had an LFS back in the late 90s that would quarantine the fish and treat as necessary before they would sell them. Sadly, the owner passed and it went downhill. Oh, that's, I'm glad he had it for a little while. They, they are out there. There are some out there. It's just, uh, it's not the norm. In, for, in order for it to be a thing, you almost have to, from the ground up, have it part of your business plan. So you build that part of your facility in when you're constructing your store and all that. And it just, it's kind of hard to add it later. It usually doesn't happen. Oh, sorry. I got real thirsty all of a sudden. Mm. That's what happens when you eat a big dinner right before a live stream. You get thirsty. Black Powder Aquatics. Oh, well, can't blame a bloke for trying. No, Black Powder. I totally, I totally got the humor there. I wish I could send fish to Australia. Let's do a giveaway. This is for a nice java fern. It's a big one. It's a pretty good sized plant. And it's, it's looking good in every way, as far as I know, <laughs> says the guy that knows literally nothing about plants. But anyway, let's see if we can give this away. There are currently 191 eligible entries, and the winner is Mystery Snail Guardians. That makes me happy. Mystery Snail Guardians, I've got a nice plant for your snails to crawl on. You have two minutes to chime in. Let us know you're here. Look at this. It's not doing the countdown anymore, which is so weird. This used to count down right here. So I know when two minutes was up. That's not happening anymore. I wonder why. Oh, and something went wrong. Like, chat's not live in it either. Nightbot be tripping, but at least people are able to enter. So um, I will have to... Mods, would you let me know when mystery? Nope, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to actually scroll down and look at the chat because I can't see the chat here for some weird reason. Let's see if I do this. Hey, when in doubt, refresh. Look at that. Look at them apples. Let's see. So, mystery snail guardian. Um, we'll give you till it's 8:03 right now. We'll give you till 8:05, and that way we don't have to. Uh, yeah, because I can't roll again, apparently. While we're waiting for Mystery Snail gar Guardians um, to chime in, I hope I hope they're here, because they do a lot for the fish fam. So it's, it's nice when someone like that wins. I want to talk about the next giveaway. So the next giveaway is a $50 gift certificate to uh, dancefish.com, and it was provided by fishfam.link. Fishfam.link. A place to go if you want all the dirt on the fish fam. So you can find all kinds of info about the fish fam here. I want to thank them for providing the gift certificate. Very generous of you. And once I know that Annette is here, I'm sure she is. There you are. There you go. Mr. Snail Guardian says, early birthday present. All right. You're officially a winner now. Mr. Snail Guardian, you know the drill. If you would send your first and last name and shipping address to hello at dancefish.com, that's H-E-L-L-O at dancefish.com, um, then we will get that plant sent off to you. And thanks for everything you do for the fish family. I appreciate it. Thanks for participating. 
Okay, so now that that giveaway is done, we're now going to do the giveaway for or build the giveaway for um, for the fifty dollars gift certificate. Uh, what should we call that? I want to call it. I want to make it fifty smackaroos, but that's hard to type. Um, So I'm going to make it hashtag thanksfishfamlink. It's a long one, but an easy one. Hashtag T-H-A-N-K-S-F-I-S-H-F-A-M-L-I-N-K. Long but easy. Hashtag thanksfishfamlink. No spaces, caps don't matter. And we'll draw the $50 gift certificate a little later today. Also a little later today, actually at the end of the stream, right about 830 I'm going to head over and listen to my wife sing this song, Close Every Door. If you know that one from Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat, that's a, it's a bit of a change up from what she's been doing. This is definitely a dramatic one. Old time Broadway hit, Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat. We'll be doing that at 8.30. But in the meantime, we're going to get some more questions and comments. Geek boy! I just sent you an email about that offer to stay here if you need to on your Denver trips if the weather causes troubles. Offer is still there if you need it next week. Thanks, Geek Boy. Depending on the weather, I might have to take you up on that. <laughs> Windy Fish, I received my zebra loaches. All right, I'm glad. I've never seen fish packs so that well. My wife and I were impressed that they were, that the, that they, that the fish are in great shape. Honestly, I think your shipping prices are a bargain. Thanks, Windy Fish. I appreciate that. Shipping prices, there's something that we're constantly uh, wishing we could do less expensively because um, I'm glad you see the value in it, but it is one of the biggest barriers to entry for someone for ordering from us. There's a lot of places that will ship priority mail, and when you do that, you can ship for half the cost we do, maybe less. And so it makes it hard for someone that's used to those prices to be like, yeah, I'll pay double the shipping, right? <laughs> now, in the end, it works out because there's less risk, so the fish are less likely to die. And so, you know, when you order fish and they die, it's rare you get a full refund. Now we do, that's one thing we do here. We'll refund you the money for the fish and the shipping. You're out nothing financially if a fish doesn't make it alive to you or arrives in bad shape. But generally you don't, and maybe they'll resend, but you probably have to cover shipping on that. And so once you play that game once or twice, you've already lost more money than it would take just to get them shipped via a more expensive yet quicker, more reliable method in the first place. But, but people's minds don't think that way, right? We're... I don't know what it is. We're, we're bargain hunters. We're something about needing bargains. And I get that. I'm totally a bargain hunter. I'm the cheapest guy you've ever met. Unless it comes to things that I need to d go well. Like the equipment we bought for this building, not cheap. Very expensive. Like when it counts, when I need something to operate well, to be reliable, it can't fail, um, all that, 
then I'll put the money into it. But day to day, like buying, I don't know, socks, I'm a cheapskate, <laughs> you know, that's a bad example. But um, yeah, so it, it is rough though for a business like mine, when you go to check out and you see the shipping, well, we tell you before that, when you first see the item, it tells you what the shipping starts at. It's a big barrier to entry. So this is why people have to order for the first time and then, and then they'll order again. It's, there's a lot of those little barriers though. It's, we're generally more expensive on the fish themselves because we have to be. We only ship next day air, which is more expensive than most places because a lot of people will ship priority. Um, there's all these little barriers to entry, but once someone tries it and, and they see that difference, they stay. And so that's our task as a business. It's how do we do that? One way we're trying to do that is, um, if you've noticed, I'm putting more content out. So there's that. We have affiliates, so they help spread the word. And thanks to our affiliates, we love you guys. There's all kinds of things we're trying to do, but ultimately the best thing is word of mouth. Anyone that tells their friends or, or shares their experience with other hobbyists or whatever, word of mouth is seriously the best thing. Because when I hear it from someone I know, I'll put a little more stock in it than just, you know, a Facebook ad or a random thing, you know, so that's super helpful. All right.